be appreciated when I'm gone. These will be valuable. You get the CDs. Collector item. <laughs> that's really where I started to learn about the quote-unquote problem. Um, their take on it was that the root of the problem with alcoholism and addiction is obsessing with self. Yeah. My view after a while was that that wasn't true. It's identification as a self. And the, the idea of a self to me is the feeling of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. It's a feeling. It's not a thought. The thought is there, but it's wrapped with a feeling. You, know? you get a sense of being the self, a sense of being you. It's a vague, vague feeling that sort of hangs around as you're going along. That identification as self, the mental process reinforces that by obsessing over it. So a lot of people have attempted to wrestle with the obsession, but they don't get any long-lasting relief because it's not the root problem, in my view. It's identification as self. And so in recovery, we talk about conscious contact, and, they, and that's the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and viewing thoughts that's happening here. So consciousness let's say, a spirit, or what you want to call it, awareness. And this isn't scriptural or anything. This is just whatever's percolated in me, this is how it comes out. You know, just presented that. See, the thing is, it's not a menu, it's not a recipe that cooks the cake. The cake writes the recipe, yes? To me. Then the, the something happens, and then you try to find ways of expressing it. You know? So, in conscious contact, the mental process reacted to conscious contact, and it claimed it. So, like Buddha said, supposedly said, I don't know what he said, but he supposedly said that when you see, see, when you hear, hear, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch. But the mental process claims that conscious contact and says, I'm seeing this, I'm hearing that, I'm feeling this, I'm tasting, I'm this. And the emphasis is taken off the verb of conscious contact into the name and form of the noun of Paul and who or what I'm in contact with. And the emphasis goes on these two poles and the verbing of it is missed. So to me, consciousness, the verb of consciousness is being conscious of. So consciousness is all there is. And then in a state of beingness, it's being conscious of. Because it's meeting itself as other here. So it's having contact with itself as other, through feeling, seeing, tasting, touching, and then a mental experience thought. So there's the conscious contact. The mind, the mental process, which made up the idea of a self, it is a product of a mental process. The mental process has made up the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And that idea 
now its movement is claiming everything that it comes in contact as with. But it see it doesn't see that it's consciousness that's in contact. It thinks I'm conscious. See? So conscious of is forgotten, and I look at everything as conscious as this. See, I'm conscious as this, and now I'm having my experience. But really, there's all there is is consciousness of. And it's also conscious of the mental process. But the mental process, I call it selfing. It's a verb. It's not like I was branded a self 20 years ago. It's something that's applied all the time. Your mind is selfing. And in that verbing of selfing, it makes up a sense or an illusion of being a noun. Yeah? So the verb, it makes up the sense of being a noun, a self. See? But all there is is selfing going on. It can never conjure up a real noun. It can just make up an illusion. Yeah? And so now the consciousness has forgotten its own nature and has taken upon this object as its nature. Yeah? So I believe I'm conscious as this. And when I'm conscious as this, I'm unconscious of consciousness. And as soon as I, as this, become what's conscious, this object becomes the subject, and now you're an object to me as the subject. So then something called the truth will become an object to me as the subject. Now I, Paul, am going to know the truth. Or I'm Paul, I'm not going to know the truth. And your knowing the truth and not knowing the truth is going to be based on you what you did or didn't do, what you committed or omitted. And to me, this is the main driving force of selfing, is to be relevant. Yeah? To be relevant, in other words, if you believe that you attained the truth, then which was more relevant, you or the truth? Because it's based on you doing something to attain it. Yeah? And if you believed you attained something... Because of, you have to see the construction of this place is dualistic. You know, that's how the mind, split mind, perceives and interprets this place. So if you believe you attain something, you also believe you can lose it. So if you go ahead and think, alright, something occurs and you believe you did something to bring it about, then if you stop doing that to bring it about, it will seem not to be brought about to you. Now, in my view, in recovery, we say the, the whole how and why of the whole program recovery is to quit playing God, because it doesn't work. This, to me, is playing God. You're playing God with God, so to speak. You're the one who informs you if you're getting closer to God or not, doesn't it? It's your head. <laughs> Literally. So, it's like we, we always talk about it as those little games they have in, in backyards where they, someone's, they hide something and then you play hot and cold, yeah? So, the mental process is playing hot and cold, like with the truth. So, it'll tell you, all right, you go on a retreat and you meditated a lot on that retreat and you didn't eat anything and you had all nice thoughts. And so, now your head's going, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer. Then you go home and let's say you have some agen It says, you're cold, you're cold. And then, and all your connections or disconnection, you're being close or far from the truth is based on you. So in recovery we say we have a a higher power of our own understanding and I've changed that because I don't want to know a higher power of my own understanding. I want to know that higher power of its own understanding. I do not want to frame the truth in my frame or enlightenment in my frame because it will be something that I can get and if I can get it, I can lose it. And that's not the case. All there is is consciousness. It's an optionless state. There's no choice in the matter. 
you absolutely have no relevance whatsoever in it. I'll tell you the truth. You don't, you cannot, you can hear in the split duality, you believe you can be conscious and unconscious, yeah, don't you? Now, what, when you come up with that, when your head comes up with that verdict, if you're conscious or unconscious, what is it based on? Is it based on consciousness or is it based on what you did or had or what you don't do or have? So if you view, let's say, consciousness as God, who's the bigger God player? Your head or consciousness? I would say it's the head. This is about quit playing God. There is no, there, this is an optionless state. All there is is consciousness. So if all there is is consciousness, maybe you could frame it with the word everywhere. Now why aren't we bumping into everywhere? Why aren't we bumping into God if it's everywhere? We must believe we're in a special somewhere. You know, like a gated community. You're in a little gated community of being identified as a self, which is your own little world, and maybe you have a concept of what you think everywhere is, but you're, it's being entertained by a special somewhere. That's not everywhere. Everywhere is everywhere. Yeah? And so where would the center of everywhere be? Everywhere. Exactly. So where would you start out your journey to go to everywhere? Anywhere. Anywhere. Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> Who, what travel agent do you have to call to get a ticket to everywhere? <laughs> what map, especially old ones, do you have to buy to find how am I going to get to everywhere? You're there. And how can you know it? You're conscious. That's the only requirement necessary. You can become conscious of being conscious. Yes, You can wake up to the wake up. In a sense. <laughs> when you wake up to the wake up, there is never an event waking up. The worst people think, the worst things I believe teachers can do is quantify an event when something happened to them. Because the conditioned head hears that and says, oh, I didn't, that didn't happen to me. And it exiles itself from everywhere. Now they think that person's in a special somewhere that you may call everywhere, but that ain't everywhere. Everywhere is stated by St. Francis. What's looking is what you're looking for. It's not defined by how you're looking, or how you think you're looking, or your criteria, or you're critiquing it. It's just the bare fact that consciousness is being. You're conscious of. That's what's looking. And that's what you're looking for. With no considerations, no requirements, nothing. It's like dog shit awareness. It's just happening. Yes? And the, and the fact is, you're a verb, and it's a verb. You tell me the difference. The only way it seems to be different is when you believe you're a noun. And there's no noun to be found. None whatsoever. There's no noun, and how is a noun going to know a verb? It's impossible. As soon as a noun tries to know a verb, it neuters the verbness of it. It makes it something, it puts it on the glass, it conceptualizes it, it tries to frame it so only a noun can understand it. Yeah? A noun cannot understand a verb. So the point is, do I want to try to study what it's like to be a verb? I just want to realize I'm not a noun. It's much quicker. Yeah? As soon as I realize I'm not a noun, then what's... <laughs> I mean, that's the end of your relevance. <laughs> My status today is not based on thought. Jesus, I've been coming in, I've been doing these things for 19 years. I've never missed a meeting. 
ever, because I've never been to them. Yes? If I was coming to this meeting, I'd find a reason why I don't qualify to be here today. I must have done something heinous a couple days ago to someone. That would exclude me immediately. Yes? This thing would play God with the movement of, let's say, you want to call it God or consciousness. Now, which is the bigger God at that time? So this is stop playing God. And you'll, once the, there's the stop playing God, and for me, I don't have to stop playing God. I'm just not that which plays God. I'm not that which plays God. And it's actually your God juice that it's playing with. It's through the act of identification. The consciousness forgets its nature, becomes this for all intents and purposes, and then immediately consciousness becomes defined by duality. It can be unconscious or conscious. And then what, who is it unconscious based on, or conscious based on you? Yeah. So consciousness, which is all there is, now becomes a commodity you like trade, like stocks. Yeah? I did a three-month retreat, so what, you get one day of feeling bliss or something? But then you have a story. Now I'm a spiritual person. <laughs> How could a body ever become spiritual? You tell me. If you're identified as this, how can a body become spiritual? Yeah. It's always going to become spiritual as a body. That defeats the whole purpose, yeah? But if you see that, if you are spirit, then why is there any need to be spiritual? You already are. But as a body, it would seem like, well, maybe if I become spiritual, it will bring me an advantage that nothing else has brought me. So let me try to graft some spirit onto me. You know, I'll read a lot and watch DVDs and listen to talks and I'll and then, you know, entertain non-duality, you know. So people are doing non-doing constantly. It's insane, you know what I mean? And then they're like, advaita Pharisees now. They're like, they're like, they've got the letter of the law, but they don't got the, the spirit. Yeah. And then they're non, non-dual dueling, non-duality dueling. Who has the clearest way of saying something? I'm telling you, non-duality is messy. It appears dualistically here. It's a something, it's, it's a sense of, really, to me, it's actually the sense of your absence. That's what it is. While you're sensing your presence, that's the truth's absence for you, literally. When you're taking this to be present, the truth will seem absent to you. When you see this as truly absent, that's the presence. It takes absolutely no time, there's no practice, there's no... Debate, it's obvious. When, that's the dilemma. We're, wait, we're, we're hoping that we can be there to get it. Yeah? That's why it doesn't seem like you're getting it, yeah? We want to be, be present to experience the presence. But as long as you're present, that's the absence of it. When you, let's say you have an epiphany. Let's say you have an epiphany, yeah? Now, did, you, did anyone ever have an epiphany here? Did you make any reservations for it? Did you know you were going to have it? Did you call up ahead of time, get the candles and the Kenny G music? No. It sort of interrupted your linear story. Yes? Your little sense of being a historical action figure. Yes? So there comes, there's the epiphany. Now, I bet you, when it seemed to have end, ended, it was coincided with a thought. I just had an incredible epiphany. Yeah? So there's the epiphany which is an event, and then the mental process's reaction to it over time. First, it's been stunned for a while, because it's a verb, so a verb can be startled into stopping. 
Selfing, there's huge gaps in selfing because anything can startle it into stopping. And there's that pause, that eternal moment in time. There's a pause where the selfing is stopped, and there it is. It opens up, yeah? And you get what they say as a free sample. Bam! Yeah? So here's an epiphany. An epiphany occurs, and what, what usually happens is the mind goes, Oh, I, meaning this, a long-lasting independent separate just had this incredible spiritual experience. Yes? It just nuded the whole event by claiming it. Because the epiphany wasn't an experience you had, it was the absence of the selfing. At that point, life was unadorned by the verb of selfing. And consciousness was in direct contact with consciousness, yes? The head goes, oh, I just had this incredible experience, and then you call up other people who you think had epiphanies, and you start comparing epiphanies. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm much farther ahead than you. I had a big an epiphany than you did. And it goes on and on and on and on, and then maybe something again happens like that. It can only be, it can only be maybe a minute, but there will be a rising of the mental process claiming it, and when it claims it, it will always bookend it with a historical you before it, too. Yeah? So you'll feel like you were Paul before the epiphany, then the epiphany occurs, this pause of, of life unadorned with selfing, and then the selfing arises again. So it bookends it, and you have a feeling of being historical, don't you? It really feels like you were there before the epiphany occurred, and you're really now there after the epiphany occurred, and so it must have occurred to me, but it didn't occur to you. It was your absence. That's the epiphany. So the presence is your absence. But while you're present as this, it will be absent to you. And you'll be studying it and going to talks and doing whatever. Yeah? Because what would you do if you thought it was absent? You would seek it. Yeah. Even if you hear the message, there's nothing to seek, you will still seek it. Because it won't translate. It's like we do, we do a share about the sheep and the lion. Yeah. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Well, maybe I will. It's a nice little story. It's an old Indian story, Hindu story. And it's about a, a young lion and, a, and its mother, and the mother dies. So the young lion is left alone. And it really doesn't even know it's a lion yet. You know what I mean? It's just been hanging out with its mother. And so it sees this herd of sheep, and it tries to run after the sheep to sort of at least get some kind of contact. The sheep know it's a lion, and they're flipping out, yeah? But then they realize this thing doesn't even know what it is, so they let it join the herd. And so it's trying to become like a really good sheep, yeah? It's, it's learning to ba, ba, and it's, you know, it's chewing cud. It's not working well, but it's chewing cud. And it's sitting around the campfire listening to everyone's sweater stories, you know. Yes, they made me a good sweater last year or whatever. And something's not really working. There's a lack of something. But it doesn't know what it is. It can't put its finger on it. So one day, an old lion comes down into the meadow, and it's hungry, and it's looking to eat one of the sheep. And the sheep see it, and they all start running away. And out of the side of its view, it sees the young lion. It thinks the young lion is joining on the hunt. But then it realizes the young lion's running away from him. So the old lion stops going after the sheep, runs after the young lion. The young lion rolls over and says, Oh, please, Mr. Lion, don't eat me. Don't eat me. I'm just a humble sheep. Now, this perplexes the old lion, so what it does is just grabs it, and he drags it to this pond of water, and it hangs its, both their heads over. And when the young lion sees each other's reflections, it wakes up. Yeah? It realizes it's a lion. It sees the lion. It sees itself lion. Bam, lion. It doesn't have to take three months of 
you know, roaring workshops, yeah? The old line says roar, it roars immediately. It always had the potential to roar, but it never entertained it, because it was entertaining being a sheep. And that precluded it entertaining it could roar. Yes, you see, when you're entertaining yourself as that, it's very difficult to entertain yourself as all there is, because you're already something. So when all there is is entertained by something, it will seem absent to that something. It has to. For the something to seem to be there, all there is has to seem absent. It has to. Or you would get it, that all there is. So there's the young lion. It wakes up. Now, let's say there's some sheep that hear this story. And the sheep, you know, they're not that happy being sheep. So they start thinking about what it would be like to be a lion. You know, they're courageous. They don't take any shit and everything like this. And so now they start a little cult of being a lion. And so they get pictures of old lions and, you know, saints, whatever. And they have candles and they do little prayers and they're having roaring classes and they have a little book and they're studying. And it seems very noble for all these sheep to want to be like a lion. Yeah? But the fact is, and the best they can do is become like a lion because they believe they're a sheep. That's the whole dilemma here. The whole dilemma is there is a prior identification as something already, which precludes us to entertain what we truly are. We can't entertain it cleanly because we're entertaining it as this. As soon as you're entertaining it as this, it seems absent. It's just the way it goes. You can't pull, you can't make it present to this absence. <laughs> it's just impossible, as you know, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> I want to be there when it gets really good, but you know that's not the case. So, here's the situation. So, here's these sheep. Yes? And so, let's say you're at this meeting, and the meeting, the message is, you can be a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. And so, everyone hears that. You're a lion. So, here it comes. There's the message. You're a lion. 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 And it hits your sheep ear, and it becomes, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. You're a lion. All right? Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. You're a lion. 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 I can become like a lion. No, that's not the message. See, if there's an identification, knowing it or not, with this condition, the only way you can entertain is the truth is that you can become sort of like it, maybe. You cannot see it as you because you're already seeing from you. If you're seeing from you, seeing as you has to become an object to you. Something that you, as this, is going to get. That's why it never happens. How can something that's always so never happen? I mean, never happen. It can't. Because it's always so. That's the dilemma here. It's like we talk every week. Have you heard? Did you go to a cafe today? No? Anyone go to a cafe? Have a coffee? Or anything? Oh, probably not all. Everyone drinks tea here. Yeah, tea. <laughs> Uh, did anyone, did you hear anyone complain about gravity today? That is, man, gravity is really heavy on my right shoulder. How about you? Really, this week is really heavy. I started out 6'1", I was about 5'8", right? by 5 o'clock tonight. What happened? No one is talking about the effects of gravity, yet as a body you're feeling it all the time. All the time. That's why you don't know you're having the experience of it, because it never, it, it's always happening. That's exactly what this is like. This conditioned mind can't recognize something that's always so. It has an impossibility. It can't. 
you'll know it by its absence. So let's say a fish. The fish is in the ocean. The fish probably doesn't see the water. It probably has no idea it's wet. It sees clams and seaweed and everything, but it has no sense of the meal it's in. But if you put a hook in there and pull it out, when it's flapping on the deck of the boat, it's realizing the importance of the water by its absence. Yeah, We're all here just flapping on the deck of the boat. You may have a nice pair of boots and look pretty cool, but you're still flapping. <laughs> like that. Really. <laughs> You sense it. It's that allness of it, yes? It's that allness of it. We're wet as hell, but we're living as if we're dry, seeking to get some wet. We want an experience of wetness. We don't want to be totally consumed by wetness, because that would mean we were something other than what we believe ourselves to be, which is inherently dry. (laughs) And it's a cherishing. In Buddhism, they talk about it. You cherish the idea of being a self. It's a very good word, because the mind, the mental process, cherishes what it's made up. And it's made up this sense of a self. And the thing is, if the sense of a self is a product of a mental process, it can never transcend that mental process. I mean, how could a product of a mental process actually still be intact if it ever left it? It can't leave the mental process. There is no long-lasting independent separate entity. There's never been a you to become an un-you. All there has been is consciousness. So here you think you're getting conscious or you're doing something to become unconscious. But the optionless state is all there is is consciousness. Yeah? And so when the head presents how you're doing, <laughs> you have an immunity to it. Yes? You're not, you're not located or defined by thought. You have an immunity to the daily narrative. And so if you're not taking your marching orders from there, where are you taking your marching orders from? Find out. Yeah. Find out. You have an ability. I don't know if you know the Course of Miracles. Course of Miracles, one of the second the second lesson had a big impact on me. And that is you and I give everything all the meaning it has. This is what we do as an apparatus. Yeah? This apparatus, this little action figure, yeah? It gives meaning to things. That's what it does. Relative. Constantly relative meaning. Yes. The biggest meaning it can give, though, is it has given to the mental process itself. It says, I am that. See? It's bigger than the meaning of God. You've given yourself the biggest meaning of all, that you're a self. So now that, from that point of view of self-centeredness, all your meanings that you give to every day is being given from there. So, people think that thoughts are bringing them trouble, but it has nothing to do with the thought. The thoughts are being injected with meaning from you. When, when something happens, and I think it's happening to me, and that me is Paul, that Paul represents tons of files, a lot of old ideas, a lot of beliefs, a lot of stuff you're quite unconscious of. And it injects by the mind. So, there's a thought. Let's say there's a thought going on. All day you see thoughts. Just like if my eyes were open and a bird flew by, I'd see it. Yeah. You see thoughts. You're not. See, but most most of us, maybe it's not you, hopefully not, but most people are holding, seeing the thoughts as I'm the thinker of them and they're about me. Those two old ideas about conscious contact with thought 
is I'm the thinker, I'm, you know, words, I'm doing the thoughts, or they're about me. So the thought is just a thought. Like if I put a word sex up here, and if you aren't, weren't having any, you probably think it had a lot of meaning, yeah. Sex, money, if you don't have any, it had a lot more meaning than others. And relationships, yeah? Relationships, sex, and money. Now, if you weigh them, they have a certain weight. Now, add a one little word and check out how it changes everything. My, my money, my sex, my relationships. That's the act of identification. That's what selfing is. So a thought happens. You see a thought, but you think it's your thought. Now, if someone comes and shares, me their, shares with me their thoughts, and I'm like Solomon. I have great wisdom about their thoughts. But I'll be having the exact same thoughts, and I think they're great ideas. Yeah? The thoughts are exactly the same, but what's holding it is different. I see those thoughts as his, and I have immunity to them. I see these as mine, and I don't. That's, that's the bondage to self. That is the act of being bonded to a self. It's not like you were branded one day 30 years ago. It's an activity of mind. Conditioned mind is selfing. And in that selfing, it's bonding you to the idea of being a self. Yeah? Because everything that's happening, you're claiming. So when you claim a thought as your thought, that your is the bridge where all your old ideas inject into the thought. So when you think you're opening it like a present or some package, as if it came from outside and you have really nothing to do with it, other than you're the thinker of it, when you open it up, what you're seeing is the meaning that your conditioned mind gave it. And you're believing it's being delivered from outside, so you are so far off the track, you're totally ignorant of what's happening. And so those thoughts, let's say if you have a belief you're no good, or you're lazy. And so then you have a line of thoughts at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And it says, you know, I haven't done anything today. Just an innocent little train of thought, yeah? But not to you. Because not doing anything means something big time to you. That you're lazy. And lazy means something really big to you. That you're no good. And no good means you don't deserve having a good day. And what that means is I better get in my car and do something to make it look like I'm doing something. You are enslaved to selfing. You are bonded. It's a form of slavery. <laughs> I take it, I look at it as a parasite, really. And it has you as the host. Yeah? And it has the greatest strategy of all because it had, because it's a hostile parasite. If you've ever well, we in recovery know what it, how hostile it is. You guys may, you're suffering from self-centeredness. We're an extreme example of self-centeredness. Alcoholics, that's the only difference, really. We, you actually, we have a lot to show you. You could learn a whole lot from the insanity we do. <laughs> because all we are is an extreme example of the same system of thought and interpretation you're living under. It's like you have a helmet, yeah? You're wearing a helmet. It's called self-centeredness. We're wearing a helmet called self-centeredness. The atmosphere is anxiety, yeah, and then you're breathing in all day and now. Where do you get all the anxiety today? Where? From what's not happening. Probably have something Exactly. Where could you... Is there any, like, impending threat right now in this room? Except for boredom, yeah? Me talking to you. There isn't really impending threat. But if you're flipping out, that's because you're not responding to what's happening. You're reacting to what's not happening. Yeah? Now... How do you go to what's not happening? It's a mental experience, yeah? 
It can't because you can't go. There's no airport in what's not happening. You can't go there. You can't buy any tickets to it. It doesn't exist. But you and I, our minds, go there, past and future. And we go there and we harvest crops. Yeah. So you harvest an idea that, see, in what's not happening, anything can happen. Yeah? So let's say if I'm entertaining next week, next Friday, I can think I'm going to have cancer. Anything can happen in what's not happening. So here I am, healthy as an ox, but I'll start having anxiety, and my nerves will start getting jangled, and my breath will get quick, shorter, and I'll get sweaty because I'm not responding to what's happening, which is I'm healthy in here, as is apparatus. I'm reacting to what's not happening. Yeah? And so what's not happening, you're going to be broke. You're going to be destitute. Your girlfriend or boyfriend sleeping with your best friend next week. You know? And then you believe it, See, it's false evidence, but it appears real to you. And what happens? The mind makes an effect in your body. Yeah? This is called playing God. Yeah? And it's using this apparatus to play God in, and to. Yeah? This parasite. This parasite, this mental process, selfing. Like in India, they call deep mental grooves. I think call them samskaras or samsaras. Yeah, samskaras. samskaras. It's sort of like that. They're deep mental grooves. And they're like parasites. They're energetic parasites. And they take you over and they express themselves to you. And the funny thing is, because of your act of claiming everything that moves through you, you will claim the effects of the parasite as yours. You'll never be able to entertain to, that you could be free of it because you're identified as it. So no matter how shitty it gets, you'll, steep, you'll keep claiming it and trying to therapize it or hide it or dump it on others, yes? But you'll never entertain you can be free of it because you're identified as it. It's tricky, yeah? It's one of the greatest strategies of a parasite to convince the host that it's the host. It's pretty damn good. Because you would immediately react to the hostility of the takeover. You really would. If you could entertained that it wasn't you, you would immediately react to it as if it was foreign. But you don't all day. Because you don't see it as foreign. You see it as you. So you make excuses for it, rationalize it, get guilty and shameful and all this baloney. Yeah. Check it out. So claiming. Claiming is the big move. And then the, the drive to be relevant. Because if you... See, most selfing is all doing and having, obviously. What would your life be without you as the doer of it? You couldn't even get close to claiming it as yours. You would see life very clearly as it's just happening. But most of us see it as it's happening to me. So is all that spiritual searching that to be chance then? To me it is, at this moment. Unless it isn't for you. Because if, it, if it's like... Um, if it's pretending... Uh, if, if it's uh, sort of laid this uh, illusion out that it's... Uh, it's the host when it's not. Then pretending to try to get rid of that. Oh, what I mean? Yes. Is being it. Yeah. Yes. In other words, when people try to get out of self, that's a form of being in self. But is it? Um, it's funny. Is that uh, inauthentic? Is it? Because you made it sound like it was some kind of. Uh, what's the word? Almost like it was uh, like a head of it. I mean, when you when you characterize it as a parasite. Oh, it does, for sure. Because in a sense, it's the mind... Oh, yeah, so then the spiritual searching is just... A, it's, it's also just, a, just an agenda to strengthen itself. 
It can be, for sure, because you've got to watch, it's giving everything all the meaning it has. So if, if like in the old guy Chung Pa Rinpoche said, you know, whatever your ego will come in contact with, it will take advantage of. It's just the way it goes. Yeah. So to me, this act of claiming, see, what would be the best solution to what's not happening? You know what I'm attempting to say when the mind has mental experiences dwelling in the past and the future? Yes? And yet, it's the effects of that dwelling in the past and future aren't happening in the past and future. They're happening now in the apparatus. Yeah? Now, that I call what's not happening. Now, what is the best solution to what's not happening? Well, just recognizing it's not happening. What more solution would you apply once you recognize it wasn't happening? Wouldn't that be more than enough? As soon as I recognize it's not happening, that's it. Yeah? Boom. I mean, why would I... See, if I apply a solution to what's not happening, that would be reaffirming that it's happening. Yes? Same, same. If I apply a solution, if I try to do something to get somewhere, that must imply I don't believe I'm there. Yeah? I'm still lingering in that sense of being a special somewhere who's trying to get to everywhere. So everywhere is just a recognition that right where I am, that's that. It's so quick, it's prior to even a thought. Time has everything to do with doing and having. It's a part of self-centeredness time, yes? The system of self-centeredness has... It's an interpretive and a thought system with very little possibilities, incredibly small. Every one of us are just rehashing the same old possibilities it offers. Its best possibility is, I will be okay later. Really? Has it? When you see someone who's sort of entertaining, being bummed out, and you go, and they, you go, hey, what's happening? Oh, don't worry, I'll be okay later. What about now? No, 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 come on. No, later. Um, and then, one, when... That okayness later, who's it going to be based on? You. That's the relevance of it. You've got to admit, the mind loves what it's made up. But you're not that. I'm not seeing from that. I'm seeing it. That's the difference. That's the act of being awake. Awakeness is a verb also. For me, the act of being awake is I'm awake to what I'm not. Yeah? So whatever's arising, I'm not. That, it's not like it stops arising. It arises all the time. But whatever is seen to arise, I'm not that. Yeah? It's a verb. It's a verb much, un, much more uninterrupted than the verb of selfing because it's stillness. It's so much a verb you don't see any movement in it. Yeah? It's an optionless state. It's always been so. It's always right where you are at all times with no requirement necessary to acknowledge that because you have the requirement you're conscious. So you can't screw it up no matter how hard you try. No, of course not. How could you? If you could, then you'd be God. And isn't that what your mind wants to be? God, it likes to be God in a prison sense. You know, whatever you call it. San Quentin. It doesn't care if it looks great or not, as long as it's playing God, that's its drive. It wants to be relevant. People are really relevant having self-pity. These things that you feel like at any moment you throw off, your conditioned head does not want to throw them off. Its whole modus operandi is that, because everything is seen to be a mirror to reflect its relevance. 
There's a cherishing going on constantly. Most people don't want to be free. They want to want to be free. Wanting to be free is different than wanting to want to be free. I'm involved in that, wanting to want to be free. But wanting to be free is the total absence of me as relevant whatsoever. (laughs) How could something be everlasting if you're involved in it? This whole head is dualistically constructed. Yeah? What's there won't be there. What arises departs. What goes close goes far away. Desire, aversion, up and down, inhalation, exhalation. The whole apparatus and everything is defined by a dualistic movement. Yes? Self, non-self. It's neither of those. It isn't like, oh, I was a self and now I've moved over to the non-self. You would be the one who is relevant once again. Any path or process, you have relevance in it. You play God on the path. You, if, if you met the most authoritative person, let's say a spiritual person in your life, let's say, someone who you totally adore, and you met them, and they said, you know, you've been totally okay the way you were, the way you are, and you will, and the way you will be. And maybe it would hit you, and you'd have a great ride home, and after about three hours, you'd probably be on the cushion again, trying to meditate or something like that. That authority of all authorities would... would genuflect to the real authority, the selfing. You would play God once again. It has to seem like it's going to be based on you. So, so Paul, what's the, um, like what's the solution? How do you roll back the selfing, as it were? Well, you don't. That's the solution, because you're not that. It's, it's just seeing it. That. It's just the seeing it. You're not that. That's it. So now that you see this, and you're not seeing this, had to do with your needing to be in recovery, is there still a need to not have a drink? A need to not have a drink? No, to me, like, I never even think of drinking or using Okay. Yeah. But if you, if you, if, again, if your addiction was related to the selfing, and you're no longer selfing, do you, but you still identify yourself, do you still identify yourself as an addict? Well, I never identified myself as an addict. But that's the whole point. There was never a me to be identified as an addict. Yes? But I don't go to meetings and say, I'm, I'm Paul and, uh, you know, I say, hey, I'm an alcoholic. Who cares? Yeah? Is that true? Are you an alcoholic? No. Okay. <laughs> but if I said I'm not an alcoholic, I'd have to explain and on and on. <laughs> Like when in Rome, you do as Romans do. All right, I'm an alcoholic. If you have any investment in not being one, then maybe you'd have trouble saying you are one. See, to me, I don't have investment in not being one or being one. So, hey, yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Some people have trickier ways of saying it. They say, I'm a grateful member of AA. Very tricky. They don't actually say they're an alcoholic. I'm a grateful member. I go, fuck that. I'm an alcoholic. It doesn't matter. You respect the room. See, this action figure has its conditioning. Yes? That doesn't stop. There's just a recognition I'm not that. It doesn't mean it's not that. That's what this action figure does. It has its, it's been wound up, and it, there was never a me that was this. And so all of what this did had nothing to do with me to begin with. Why would it have something to do with the non-me now? 
So is there then um, any kind of a change from the moment of uh, realizing the truth? Is there any change in uh, apparent persona at all? Uh, You'd have to ask others. I have no idea. I have less friends, so maybe something has <laughs> First of all, there wasn't a moment of realization. It's each moment or no moment. Yeah? It's not an event. It's not an event. Because if it's an event or a happening, then it could be not happening. This is just a recognition. Not even a recognition. It's the emphasis shifts. See? What you took to be in the foreground shifts back to the background. And the background, or let's say, instead of being concerned with the seaweed and the clamshells as a fish, yes, now I sense the water I'm in. Yeah? And then I don't sense the water I am in as a fish. I sense the water I am in as the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yet the fish continues on. But I'm not sensing it as the fish. No way. Because if I was sensing it as the fish, I could not sense it as the fish. Because the fish is, is based in dualistic view. Yes? So either or, yes, no, hot, cold, close and far... You do not want to have an optionless state based on your dualistic conditioned mind. You do not want it to tell you if you're getting close or you've arrived. You can be sure you haven't if it tells you you have. Yeah? How can you arrive in everywhere? Yeah? Everywhere didn't start and waited for you to arrive there. It's, it's a verb. It's everywhere. In there. I would say everywhere sounds like a place. It's not a place. It's movement. To me, it's being. B-E-I-N-G. It's movement. It's verbing, 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 verbing. And there's no place a verb could stop and be a noun to step into a verb. There's just a recognition that everything's verbing. Yeah? There isn't a recognition of me as the noun have surrendered or abandoned my nounness and jumped into the verb. That's just an appearance on the surface of the verb. That's verbing. Yeah? That's verbing. That's selfing. It gives you a sense of a noun, but there's no noun. Well, it sounds like so there's this insight, yeah? But it sounds like there's nothing you can do to... This is the question, is like what produces that insight? It, it almost sounds... Like for me, it almost sounds like some emotional... Um, it's like an emotional... Word. Like for me right now, when I feel something, there's, there's like all this uh, tension, there's uh, there's like an investment, yeah? yeah. It means something. It, should, yeah. it all relates to me. Um, uh, people like what I'm saying, blah, 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 blah. Right? It feels like, you know, it's important. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, right. To you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, yeah. Then, and but but momentarily that will, um, uh, for whatever reason, you know, maybe something you'll say or there be some just like it just drops just for a second, and then it's not there. But that feels like an emotional kind of like an emotional process. You follow what I mean? And then yes. there's like this insight. Yeah, there's a sense of self. Is the emotional process is a reaction to it. It's not. It is it's not of emotion. Around. Yeah. Your apparatus has a reaction. That's the emotional. But it's not that. Yeah? You can't have an experience of it. See, there's no way I could ever know truth, because then I would have to be something to know it. Yeah? There's just knowing from truth. And the fact is, you've always been knowing from truth. Even when you were taking things to be that were false to be real, that was still knowing from truth. There's no other... That's the way it is. Yeah. Can I tell you what I'm asking? Is because you know in uh, in a lot of these uh, you know, like non-dual meetings and stuff, there's a lot of emphasis on insight. 
figure whatever you're going to do you're going to do but in a sense it has nothing to do with the optionlessness of it yeah well even that like just if you get if you're if it feels good to do some emotional work do it well even like say option even just hearing you say that yeah optionless something in me goes uh, yeah that's like an emotional thing happens there's like a stopping inside and then there's an, then it feels like there's a little bit of an inside. stay with that pause then mm-hmm. or stay as the pause actually don't stay with it because that would seem to be a you being with it. So maybe stay as the pause. And after you start staying as the pause, maybe the pause will seem to be what it truly is, which is the eternal, never ending and no beginning or end. How can you stay with anything? Hmm? How can you stay with anything? Exactly. The, the you yeah. that wants to stay can't, but you can stay as for sure because you are that. Ta-da. Yeah, you already are staying as it. So what would you do with the phrase, I think, therefore I am? Are you speaking to the why of that, or does that define? <laughs> that defines a lot of trouble. <laughs> that's the life. That's your life story, isn't it? <laughs> you have twenty so you're speaking to the why of that. I think, therefore, I am. I think it was. Yeah, I don't particularly uh, like that view. Isn't it like Descartes was questioning, and he got to a point, and then he stopped, and you're going before that point in some sense? I have no idea no. what he was doing. <laughs> All I know, in a sense is a sense. It's a verb. It's sense. You sense and you sense and you, what the best that can happen is there's an intimation. Like I believe a statement Jesus made, it, it, it rings very true for me. It says, you will know the tree by its fruits. Yeah? You can't know the tree. It's impossible to know the tree. But you will get an intimation of the tree by its fruits. For me, the fruits have been, I travel lighter here now in the world of action figures, yeah? In this place, I can't say I'm going to be given, uh, you know, protected from getting cancer or being fired. But I do know this entertaining, if you want to call it that, allows me to travel lighter over the terrain of my destiny as an action figure. Yes? It's not going to change the mountain ranges and like that, but I'm going to travel lighter over it. Why can I say that? Because that's been my experience with it. That's what's been intimated. Do I know what that is? I have no freaking idea, nor do I care. Yeah, this to me is just an expression of it. That's all. It's a conveyor, an interface. To me, undifferentiated light is coming through this. It's like a prism. It's like this. If there was a telescope, and the scientist wants to see the stars, so it looks through the telescope. And, it's, and it perceives the stars seemingly closer. Now, if you looked at that event outside, the stars haven't moved any closer. It's all, this is a subjective experience. This is a dream. Yes? Everyone here is having a subjective experience of really nothing appearing to be something. Yeah? So here's this sky. So the scientist looks through the telescope, and the telescope facilitates him seeing the stars. Yeah? 
what happens is when the scientist walks away, the telescope starts thinking it sees the stars. So that's what happens. So consciousness is looking, the undifferentiated light of consciousness is coming through this prism of a body and a brain, and this prism differentiates the light. So now the undifferentiated light seems to be differentiated, and it appears to light as other. So consciousness is now having an experience of itself through this apparatus. Yeah? But what happens is that movement of being, or conscious of, has become captured by the mental process. The mental process, the consciousness, by it moving through the apparatus, has been, in a sense, it can't be tainted, but it has, it has been sullied because of this, the human quality of the consciousness, and it's forgotten that it's consciousness. Yes? And it's taken itself to be this, and now this becomes what's conscious. So Now, the object is thinking it's the subject to everything, and having all these experiences. So it's claiming all the conscious contact as if I'm the one who's having it all. Yeah? And as soon as I think I'm having it, then there's the opinion arises, I don't want to have that. Yes? And this, the, the, do. And then all this idea of choices and options start getting entertained. It's like, it's like a giant, a great jazz musician, like John Coltrane, riffing on something. Let's say the idea of separation. Just riffs like a thousand album riff of what it would look like if there was really separation. Love could be unloved. Someone could feel like they were never going to get what they needed. Oh, my God. So the mind is just riffing like crazy, and we're like the notes playing around. No, no, no. So we're searching for love, and we're the source of it. It's insanity. All this stuff can happen seemingly here. Yes? This is awaking. That's all it is. It's a verb. It's nothing. It's not a big freaking deal. It's just like the obviousness of it will intimate its nature. So, like, you know, again, Jesus says, you know, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. So I'm in this world of body and separation and time, but the ofness is not of that. Yeah? The ofness is of spirit, of consciousness. Yes? Consciousness. Awareness. And awareness is just verbing its nature, which is aware. It cannot help but be aware, because that's its nature. Yeah? But when the awareness gets bonded to the idea of being a body, then it becomes unaware of its nature and it starts acting as if this is its nature. So now I'm conscious as this, and as soon as I'm conscious as this, I can be unconscious. Or I can be conscious based on what I do or don't do. And what's forgotten is the optionless state. All there is is consciousness. How could you, you feel any security if your reliance on consciousness was based on your head? It's always going to play the notes down the, the scale of, I'm becoming more conscious because I did all this and I did all that. I got a polarity therapy today. Oh, and I'm going really unconscious because I stole some money at work. Oh, I'm really conscious today because I went to three meetings. I went to a retreat. Oh, I'm unconscious because I watched four hours of TV. Oh, I'm conscious. And it just plays this, just riffs on you being conscious or unconscious. All there is is consciousness. That's the solution. The freedom from choice, it's choicelessness. So, Paul, then, um, realizing that, and I, I believe that many of us, uh, to various degree or in various forms, realize that intellectually, or, or I guess intellectually is probably the best uh, uh, way to describe it, 
when in fact I believe to, to rest in that state, it's almost like energetic shift. It, it's like um, you, for once and for all, beyond any doubt, realize that you're not separate individual. And it's almost like energetic shift rather than intellectual realization or something that you're trying to tell yourself or buy into. Yes, it's an emphasis shift. Right, right. Your emphasis shifts, that's all. Not yours, but emphasis. In other words, the context is emphasized and the content isn't. Where, where, when we're this, the content is totally emphasized and the context isn't. We're pretty much blind to what's always happening. We don't sense it at all. But we're very, very acutely aware of things that are coming up and going and coming, arising. Yeah? But something that is always there is seen not to be so here. That's what shifts. There's an emphasis shifts. That's all. And then you were... First of all, there was never a you anyway there. I can't, you know, it's just all you can do is share the intimations of it. And it would be different in you, apparatus, because you're conditioning. It's like it will play a different song through you. Yeah? For me, it's just incessantly on. Yeah? yeah how, can, how can you make the shift if uh, there's no you to make the shift? That's right. There is no shift to be made. But see, we have, we're objects using a subjective language. It's very difficult to speak here. Yeah? Because the, we're objects using a subjective language. We're going, I did this, and I did that, and I shifted. And we don't mean that, but we can't. We're, the language is, is a very small prison. Yeah? And it actually reinforces the trance incredibly. So, But yeah, I get what you're saying. And to me, it was, it's just a shift in emphasis, where something becomes, you, there's a convincing. Yeah? And, there's, and therefore the option and your relevance becomes totally irrelevant. Which is the gift that an alcoholic gets. I believe. They, so they are forced to surrender. So the event that you're thinking of is the invitation that's offered. And it's, it's, it's so apparent that you're willing to accept this. And then you move forward. Otherwise you're locked up in all these you have to You have to have yourself destroyed to a point Yeah, but that, see, from, it always goes back to the absence. Yeah? The absence, or like when St. Francis would say, it's in self-forgetting, which is a verb. That's what it's like. There's a self-forgetting going on, and then your, your apparent presence is seen to be absent. And actually, your perceiving all this is, is the biggest demonstration you're not this. Yes? Seriously. What you used to take yourself to be, and, and it would reinforce your belief you were it, can, is used as the exact opposite. The poison is the antidote. When you see the body, you know that's not you. Because anything that can be perceived can't be perceiving. Yes! There's this weird thing that we're, you know, we're kind of, lo- we feel like we're located in bodies, you know. So Who feels like that? I don't. I don't <laughs> it's strange because it's like we meet other people's eyes, and there's all this evidence. There's all this feedback we get from the parent mothers, yeah. And you can, and so, so for me, even though this selfing is very uncomfortable, yeah, it kind of wants. Despite you're saying it's like a parasite, it, it feels like I'm tired of this. This kind of sucks. Always being tense and yeah. being invested and taking things to be self-important, right? So it's like searching for a way out. 
and, and sometimes it feels like, hmm, I'll explore this alternative. And then as I get closer and closer, it says, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. You are here to protect this body. Don't buy into this bullshit. There's too much evidence that, <laughs> that you really are here. Oh, I mean, I don't know what, what it feels like to be sitting on that chair right now. The sun was like, you know, all this, all this pseudo-evidence. Well, let's just say that, that, that talking up there, that's what, that's what happens. There's an immunity to that. It's a possibility. You have immunity to that. You're not defined or located by thought anymore. And it's not the navigating system that is being used. You see, as thought, you see thought as very archaic and very, very uh, crude. Even if it throws up a nice argument. Of course it does. It wants to sort of say it's the parasite talking about the parasite. It's having a conversation amongst itself. <laughs> Literally. Seeing the thoughts as impersonal, uh, uh, is that authentic um, feeling? I mean, to me, every yes. now and then I, I see my thoughts, yeah. not really my thoughts. They're just thoughts. That's, that's right. That's right. As soon as a thought is seen as a thought instead of your thought, there's going to be some relief. Yeah. Like, like in psychology, Paul, like, um, there's a guy, Csikszentmihalyi, who talks about flow psychology, and he says that uh, with all these experiences, especially experts who are highly trained, when they get into a zone, writing or doing math or something, where you disappear, time disappears, hours go by, and then all of a sudden something happens, the phone rings or something, and you look and you realize, boom, that he calls flow. He says that's a state that, and I think we're kind of talking about. Well, that's an experience, in is a it, way. Is that, but, but you're not but, there, experiencing it, I mean, what, in some sense. Yeah, there's, exactly, but it gets bookended, and it becomes an experience to the self. But that's, a, that's the flavor of it, yeah. But you can't, there is a... Is it different or the same? What do you think? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know exactly what they're meaning. I know for me, it's... You know, when people say Paul, I know what they're, they're saying. You know, I don't, I'm not walking around. <laughs> you know, I don't have like three handlers that are taking me places, you know. I mean, just, I'm doing, I'm just this, you know, same character that I never was. <laughs> That's sort of what it's like. Yeah. The characterization keeps going. This is a verb also. The verb doesn't stop. What do you think? You wake up and then it's that there's no you appearing. There's always going to be a you appearing until the body dies. Yeah. You know, you were saying about the epiphany experience and having some, you know, insight, which I can... And I had an, an inner experience, I don't know what to call it exactly, and certainly before then, you know, I was very invested in myself and I had the experience, then immediately I was at the, boy, I really had a bad idea. I'm going to be popular, my friends are going to like it. Yes, and then, then, of course, it disappeared. But now I think it never disappeared. No. You see, so that's just a, a matter of, of thinking that it disappeared. Because I think right. if you do experience some aspect of this, it never disappears. It's just you have to get into a little different place, and then you... It's not even that you remember it, but you can relocate it somehow. Well, it's, all, it's everywhere, so how could you not? Right. So it's, it's on the one hand, I guess the idea of the bookends... It's true, because the ego comes right back, but it only comes back on a certain level. Oh, totally. It's, it's, it's trying, yeah. Reclaim the first thing, though, the thing, too, is the, there was a sense that it appeared, and therefore it has to seem to disappear. The, the, the other, the emphasis or the, is that there's no appearance nor disappearance. Yes, it's more, it's much more stable. 
do something, do some, do some doing and having, and you can get special in that. This, there's no specialness involved in this whatsoever, really. That's why I'm supposed to be obsolete. That's my job. I mean, if this was a career choice, if there was free will, I would never have chosen this. Because my whole job has become obsolete. I'm like a mailman. I don't want you to move in with me. I'm not just, I'm inviting you to entertain something that's already so. It's like I'm giving you nothing. It's so beautiful. Nothing. And it means you can't return it either. I'm giving you nothing. There's no warranty or guarantee. It's nothing. Yeah. You might be taking something away. I wouldn't do that either. That's off the, that's, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Like hypnosis. Well, this is another thing. I mean, you could probably look in scientific research, and I'm totally wrong. But this is my sense of it. Yeah. So here you have attention. Yes, attention. So people think they're attending to things. So when they say they lost, they lost interest in something, they just lose interest in that thing. They don't lose interest. Interest is just energy. Yeah and attention. There's tons of it. You, there's no, you don't have a certain quantity of interest. It's just, but you can lose it in things. So, let's say our, part of our attention goes out. Yeah? Consciousness moves out to be conscious of. Yeah? It's the drive here. And this, your interface, you're conscious of. So, in the dualistic movement of everything here, so there's the consciousness of things, and so there's also a movement this way. Yeah? So this attention or interest or awareness goes here and then goes this way at the same time. This coming back and then information comes, but it's not. This is the exact same time going on. And so there's this interest, and this interest has been hijacked by the mental process because the mental process is made up of a billboard, so to speak, with your little happy face on it, you know, this identification as the action figure. And so when you meet something, you think it's you meeting it. Yeah? You're hearing, you're seeing, you're feeling, you're tasting, you're touching. So the, all this, the, the consciousness of the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, this consciousness goes to this, that I'm the one who's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Yes? So it goes into this black hole of self, in a sense, and it starts orbiting around this object, this mental idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. So now your attention and interest, it's like the loop of self-importance. Yeah? So everything I meet, there's only one that's meeting it. Me. Yeah? All the experiences, all the different things I saw today, everything I heard today, everything I felt and tasted and touched, there was only one me doing it all. Yeah? So this, this thing keeps going back to here. And what I found, it's almost like a force like gravity. This force of this interest or attention is like a bloodhounds. If you gave them a, a piece of your cloth, of a, let's say the criminal, they would, those bloodhounds would run by 299 people. They'd only stop with the person who smelled like that thing. So it, it's like a homing device. Well, this interest or attention has a homing device, and it's whatever you believe yourself to be. So if you believe you're the mental process, the idea of self, this attention and interest is always going to go back to that. Yeah? And it's like entering a black hole, and then it orbits around you. Yeah? Because, because it's not so, it has to seem to be so, so it takes a lot of work. Yeah? 
a lot of selfing to make a sense of a self. It's like stirring something up so much so it coagulates. Yeah. So that so that this sense of you being coagulated. Yes, there is really a Paul. Yeah. So it goes like that. Now let's say we're here. What all we're doing here is entertaining the possibility I may not be that long-lasting, independent, separate entity. If that's entertained, then the bloodhounds are called off. Yeah? The attention goes somewhere else. It goes right through the concept and idea, because it can be aware of that, but it not, it's not aware as that. Yeah? The identification is, is now being held as suspicious, let's say. So now it, it's aware of that, but not as that, and it goes right through. Yeah? And now this is a sense of presence and bigness. And, like, for me, it's very fluid. It's very economical, very pared down. I don't have a large wealth of wisdom. I just know what to do next. Yes? That's all that happens. And usually I don't even need to know what to do next. Next happens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So now it's like, it's, I would say it's circulating more. Instead of getting caught in this whirlpool, and I see people who are seemingly suffering from that whirlpool, the neuroses and the mental diseases that are causing when that light of awareness is constantly put on one thought of a mental process, the idea of being a self. It's like when you were a kid and you wanted to look at that bug and you got the magnifying glass and you didn't know the sun was over your shoulder and your intention was to look at that, but you ended up killing it. That's sort of what I see happening with people. They're fucking crazy. I mean, people are sitting here today worrying about what they're going to do about that newspaper boy who missed their porch, you know? I mean, going inanely, making huge meaning out of things, constantly, all about selfing. So this attention frees up, it gets freed up, and then it goes where it goes. It's, I don't know what directs it, but it goes where it goes. So you'll, sometimes it'll be like you're walking around, suddenly you'll just look somewhere else and you'll see something. You know, this is something, in other words, you now get navigated by something other than self-centeredness. Like we call it in recovery, this K-Paul, right? It's one station 24-7. I have an antenna. That antenna's been picking up K-Paul all the time, buying tons of his advertising commercials. But that antenna can pick up other modalities. Yes, it can pick up. And other modalities do not have self as a center. And the possibilities that are offered in those places, in you know, places, but you can start expressing through this apparatus, it will not be, I will be okay later, you're okay now. No matter how you're appearing or not appearing, there's an okayness. Yeah? Just like you have a sense of being a self, you'll have a sense of okayness. You'll have a sense of presence. You'll have a sense of wideness and openness. Yeah? And that thing will cook up and whatever it wants to say or formulate through your apparatus, it won't be coming from here into the apparatus, it'll be coming from this way. Yeah. Yeah. So make sure I got this right. So this this shift in emphasis leads to a heightened awareness and that you experience some relief from that? (laughs) (laughs) Well there's no you that experiences the relief. There's just relief. Yeah. There's just relief. And there's no heightened awareness. All there is is awareness. So if you're not so busy with K. Paul or K. Mark, um, then there's more room for... Exactly. Say K. K Universe. (laughs) You get like 8 million channels. Mm -hmm. All with the same message. I'm not that. 
What do you call that? Heightened awareness? I, mean, I don't believe there's heightened awareness. It. Here there can seem to be heightened awareness, but it's awareness. That's just some. That, that's just an experience we give it. I, and who would who would be the one that would ha, was having the heightened awareness? You. Somehow we're always relevant, and that's the whole point. It will try to stick itself in the story all the freaking time. You know, it will. If we can't get in the front door, it'll go to the side door. Go through the window, skylight. It'll burrow into the cellar. It'll knock. Hey, let me in. All right, I've decided to surrender. No. There's no, there's no need for anyone to surrender or not. It's a done deal. See, it would have relevance if it thought it surrendered. It would think it would be at the cliff with the wind blowing through its long locks and giving up all these wonderful things. And now I'll surrender all that. It's just relevance galore. It's, not, it's much more simple than that. It's just what's so. It's a recognition there was never a you that could be separate from this. That would make you a god, and you're not that. There would have to be a you that would recognize that. No, there isn't. It's just recognition. What would? Why does awareness have to become aware? It's already aware. There's no becoming. There's no process of awareness becoming aware. It's only here in time as an action figure. Awareness is awareness. That's its nature. It's not becoming aware, because if it became aware, it would be able to unbecome aware. I'm not doing well with that anymore. Really. Because when people come to me and share what's not happening, and they say, hey, give me a solution to that, I say, okay, it's not happening. They don't like that solution. They want to get into it. Let's explore what's not happening. I don't want to explore what's not happening. All right, well, what am I going to do about it? Just see it's not happening. But it seems like it's happening. I know, but that's not happening. What are you going to do? No. So I'm not good at it right now. I can't supervise someone else's life. I don't have any interest in it. I don't. I just want to share what seems obvious to me. If it's obvious to you, that's great. If it isn't, it's, it doesn't mean anything. It's just the way it is. Well, that, that, that uh, lightness you're talking about. Yeah. Hope you're feeling it now. Jeez, I am. That's the whole point. Yes. I don't want to. I went to this meeting. I got something and take the lightness home. It's now. Yes, it's lighting going on. That's the beauty of it. You know. So let's say I came here. I go. Okay, I'm going to get ready for the talk. I already missed it. <laughs> as soon as I, as soon as the mind, the mind always assumes it has something it has to do. You've got to see. It's, it's. Drive for relevance. It always believes I'm the one. Wait a minute. I'm the one that's going to move the antenna. Oh, I got country western here. No, let's say evangelical. No, fundamental. No. Oh, all oneness. Yes. Okay. I. So I'm. I'm the one. That's not the one. I'm the one who's entertaining the one. It seems like it is helpful to see that. You know what I, mean? I hope so. Like You're seeing it. When I'm unconscious, when I'm unconscious of my uh, all the self thing that's going on, uh, it's, I feel like I'm more in the grip of it. Yeah, and you are that. Yeah, but when I see it a little bit. It, I feel more free. See, the thing is, when you're not seeing it, you are that verbing. Right. 
The mind is verbing that. So in a sense, that's what you are. It's not you are unconscious. Your mental process is, all the consciousness is, in, is spotlighting the mental process. You're verbing being unconscious. So in a sense, you are unconscious at that moment. But all there is is consciousness. I didn't know there was no but. All there is is consciousness, and yet in this place that your con- that consciousness is conscious of, there's the verb of a mental process, verbing being unconscious. So it's not like denying that. That's a verb going on, but you're not that. You are all there is. That's consciousness. So in consciousness, the verb of unconscious, of seemingly unconscious, is happening. Yeah. What's the difference between my um, the, uh, being unconscious in, in this kind of um, uh, in a little sense, you know, where I'm not aware of uh, how I'm being driven by self, yeah? yeah, and my uh, unconscious motives and um, all these fears and um, self-relevance and self-importance, and then sort of seeing it. And when I see it what's the difference between those two uh, those two perspectives? One is I'm seeing it, and I feel a little less uh, controlled by it, and there's See, there, in a sense, there's still two U's there. There's this, I may, it may have been semantic, but there's no a U seeing it. There's just seeing. Right, there's just seeing. So what's the difference between seeing and the, and the other one, where I'm, I'm not seeing and I'm just in the grip of all this? There's stuff. no difference unless there's a U. <laughs> if there's a U, it's a huge difference. That's what, well, in the one where but there one, isn't a U. That's the, the good news. Unconscious, there usually is a difference. I'm suffering, there's a lot of tension... Uh, I'm not really conscious of, uh, of all of my motives. But you're not suffering. <laughs> That's not you suffering. There's just suffering. It's a verb. We keep thinking a noun's having the verb, or the verb's doing it to the noun. There is no noun to be found. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but, so you're saying there isn't a Unless, to you there is. To you there's a great difference. To you. It's just like, there is no world, the world's as real as you are. If you're real, the world's real. (laughs) It really is. So, if there is no difference to you, first of all, there's always going to be a difference to you. But there is no difference. But to you, there's always going to be a difference. And one's going to be better than the other. And you'll have to have to do something to get there. <laughs> you'll be relevant somehow. It has to happen. It's all a way of being relevant. Yeah. If there was an optionless state, if that's the case, and there's no you to have a choice to be the one who stamps a life as its own, being good or bad, then what would be the biggest lack of that? There would be no relevance. That's the drive of the conditioned mind. It wants to be relevant by what it's made up, which is a self. But don't you sometimes get caught up in, in, uh, in some agenda momentarily? I'm always caught up, but I'm not that. Seriously. I'm not that. I'm not that who's not caught up, and I'm not that that's caught up. But that's what I mean. When you feel yourself getting caught up in something, and getting pissed off at some family member or something, or, or saying, just you catch yourself, don't you? You catch yourself doing that. No, the you catches itself doing it. I don't. All there is is seeing. The seeing of all that. 
The whole pantomime of you catching you doing something is seen not to be you. Right. Both of them. But that's what I mean. You go from not seeing it to seeing it. And that's what I mean. No, no. No? In that, in this, in the going from seeing it or not seeing it, there's a you involved in that. There's a seeing of all of that. There's a seeing of not seeing it and then seeing it. You're neither of them. You're neither the one that says it saw it, nor are you the one that says it, you're not the one that says it didn't see it. All there is is the seeing of the whole dance. Yeah? You're not that. Whatever arises, you're not. Whatever. Whatever is presenting itself to be you is not you. There's an old master, Huang Po, a Zen master. He said a beautiful thing. He says, whatever can be perceived cannot perceive. He saved us tons of time. Really. That's to me the greatest masters. They, they save you time, like St. Francis. What's looking is what you're looking for. Okay, done deal. <laughs> you know, here's this thing. So here. Whatever can be perceived, so you perceive, there's perceiving of those thoughts, yes? There's perceiving of the you that thought it was hooked into something, and then perceiving the sense of being a you that's not hooked. Neither of them that can be perceived can be perceiving. Yeah? You are the pure seeing of all your little puppet shows. They're not your puppet shows. They're just the puppet shows of a dualistic, a split mind. It presents you as the parasite, and then as the parasite who has a parasite. I I hear that message. I'm going to have to Zen bitch slap you soon. <laughs> it's coming on. It's coming on. You're going to get a spiritual subpoena. You're going to have to bring you to the court of light. The court of light, you will be, all your little, all your recriminations and everything will be null and voided. Really, I'm not trying to be like I know, I'm joking with you. But, you know, if you're, what you're describing is, and, and, that, and that makes sense, yeah, um, from that perspective, when you, when you, after you've caught yourself, you say, ah, oh, I, did, I didn't actually catch myself, it's whatever, right? That All may be time. a starting point, but then you'll realize that thing that says, I caught myself, isn't you. What happened with me, I'll share with you something, all right? What happened one time, one of the first times I heard this message, it was in Berkeley, and I was in there thinking, and this lady shared. And then when she was touring, she was inviting me to look a different way. And I had a hit on looking at a different way. So I raised my hand and I said, you know what? I want to thank you for just being here. Because what, I was, what was happening was there was a state of mind. I was seeing a state of mind. But I thought I was the true state seeing that. Then, she, then I realized it was just a state of mind seeing a state of mind. Yeah? So, like, Ramana Maharshi had a beautiful old story, which is, a lot of people have this experience. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in an auditorium, and they're watching life, and they see it as a movie. Yeah? They get a, a strong hit, it's unreal. And they're watching it like a film. And they're sitting in the chair. But there's a subtle assumption that they're still real. Sure. Right? That they're real as this, watching the unreality. Uh-huh. And so, Ramana Maharshi says, the circle is bigger. Seeing the movie is unreal, and you sitting as, you know, in the seat, that's the movie, yes? So this, this is one of the first times that happened, where I was thinking I was on the rim, looking at the content, and I was the context, right. and suddenly the rim got larger, and I was in the soup. <laughs> so that authentic self that I'm so, so dying to be, 
finding an authentic self. It happened about six or seven times more. Yeah? Until a point is, I saw after seven examples of it, there's no authentic self. The head's always going to present itself as if it's on the rim of authenticity, looking at all the inauthentic things it once was or how it appeared. That is not it. That's also the soup. Yes? So, like, when I'm all tense from selfing all the time, and I'm looking for some relief from that, yeah. and when I momentarily get a little relief, then I step back and I kind of own that a little bit. Oh, there's a little relief here. Right? Well, you, you, yeah, you're the one who got the relief. Yeah. You have to see the greatest drive for relevance is to be authentic. You have, uh, to me, this is just my view of it. It's like a very strong force of desire of relevance. The conditioned mind, as I watch it during the days, yeah, it has a drive to be relevant, and it's sneaky, <coughs> yeah. But it always wants to write itself into the story about your condition, the conditionless condition, now being conditioned all the time. <laughs> yeah. When you say relevant, you mean important? Or yes, important, special. I like the word special. Because it has a drive to be special. People will hold out and put up with tons of shit with the hopes they'll be special someday. Or they'll meet a special someone that will see them as special or something. But then some of us really are special. <laughs> 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 That's right. <laughs> yeah. Then you want to be more special. <laughs> or make someone less special. Then make it seem like it's better. Yeah. Hold on. And uh, uh, first. Yeah. Uh, well, how I see is I'm selfing all the time. I mean, it's just me because I'm here. I'm selfing, but then I see there's no me selfing, even though I'm selfing all the time. That's mm-hmm. the difference since I've been coming to your talks. I'm still selfing, but there's no me selfing. Yeah, that's right. That's the good news. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's the great news. I'm still selfing. That's right. Because selfing that, because selfing was never based on a you. It's what produces a sense of a you. It's so paradoxical. <laughs> well, to that system of thought, it is. What is, what, is, what, is a, what is a paradox? It's just something that appears that a, a very faulty system of thought can't make sense of. So it says, that's a paradox. To it, it's like a small little system. This whole place is paradoxical to it. Because it's seeing everything as how it pertains to me. It's totally off. Yeah, to a me that you're not. So that's exactly what it's like. It doesn't mean the selfing stops. There just never was a self. I'm ready to go, come on. <laughs> 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 ultimate reality, like this, it seems like what you're talking about is conceptual ultimate reality. Now, but in this relative reality that that we exist in every day, that we like, you know, do everything that we do, and and I think that that's the that's the trouble. Questions about well, when this happens or this arises, and we, if I see myself doing this, you know, it's like this dance between relative reality and our experience here, like our experiential reality, and then what's true, and what you're talking about ultimately, ultimate reality. And so that sort of seems like the paradox, and it sort of seems like what's to negotiate? How do we negotiate that? Yeah, but that's not it. Because experiential isn't a reality. 
It's an interpretation. Right. I mean, it's all that we have is our experience. But no, that's not true. See, that's the claiming again. You're not all that. All that you have isn't your experiences. That's all that you're not is based on your experiences. What you are is the seeing. Well, not that that's what I don't mean seeing verbally. I mean visually. I mean the seeing that sees five through five different gates. You're the seeing of it. You're seeing. You're awareness. You're not an experiential haver. No, the direct experience. In aware, like the awareness of direct experience? You, you can't... Uh, the awareness of direct... Yes, there, that's all there is, is awareness. And, it, and it's awareness of indirect experience. Seeing is always there. There's no... There's no... Activity outside the realm of seeing. Yeah? So when... It's only split mind that wants to make... See... All my experience today, all of them, yes? All the seeing, feeling, tasting, touching, reflecting, thinking, this and that. There was something that was contextual around it all, which is seeing. Without that, what you think, this, this ultimate and then the whatever you say, relative, all that is like making partitions out of whole cloth. Yeah? And the only reason why there's a desire to make a position, partitioning out of whole cloth is there's not the seeing of it. The seeing of it is, is the whole cloth appearing as two things. All there is is seeing. That thing, you don't, when that's, when that's entertained, it translates here. Through this. You travel differently as this. So it's weird, in a way, the desire you've always looked for was a great advantage as a self. You'll get it as not one. Your action figure will travel later. That's what happens. I mean, it's unbelievable. What you, because you lose interest in you. Right, I'm not saying you necessarily make anything of the experience. Of course your mind does. It has to. It's making up a life out of your Let's experience. Let's say you don't. <laughs> you? <laughs> the experiences make up the one. How can the one... You still believe you're the one who's having the experience. The experience is making up the sense of you. Well, what do you mean without any of that? Without any of that, then you're taking things to be real. And you're having a real experience. A real experience? That's what you're saying. If you take out that, if you take the context out of the content, the content becomes real just what is. No, it isn't. Not for you. It's real. So it's not real. You have to find out. But if you're taking the content to be the context, yes, then you're going to take what isn't real, real, and it's going to have an effect on what's not real here. Yeah? And you're, the verbing of your mental process and the, what you're conscious of will be a lot of suffering. Because you're conscious of the verbs that are going on. You are the seeing of it. And the seeing is going to be emphasizing that because that's going to make up a you. Well, then you miss it. Hmm? Well, then it's missed. It's missed. What's yeah. missed? What's happening <laughs> is missed if it's about my whatever 
to yes. you. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But only to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only way there can be a missing of what's always so is a you. Because what always so cannot seem to be so to a you. Because the, the you is an absence that's taking on the role of being a presence. When it takes on the role of being the presence, the presence seems absent. Yes, so you can seemingly have that experience here. Is it working out for you? That doesn't. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Find out. Yourself. To me, I'm not interested in that. You don't have desires or what you might want to create? I have desires to surf, maybe eat something tonight. Of course, but they're not my desires. The action figure has it. Sure. I have preferences, everything like that. I don't have them. They're appearing as this. But I'm not that. That's the good news. The good news is I don't want to... This is not an urban renewal project. It's not my land. Whatever's built on it is fine. Yeah? But as soon as I own the property, I think it's time to change it. Then it has a lot of meaning. I don't want these tenants in. I want to put this on. I want to do this. And then all these things have two tons of meaning. Oh, I had a desire today. You never had a desire. You witnessed the mind desiring. It's different. The mind is desiring, and it's averting. It's aversion, or whatever, hating. Because it's dualistically split. That's how it interprets this place. It moves towards things, and it moves away from things. But you're the seeing of that. You're not that. You're not the action figure that's moving back and forth, and this and that. You're the context of all there is a seeing of all of that. Does that mean that stops? It wasn't based on you. It wasn't going because of you. It just goes. See, everyone, in a sense, wants to still be relevant. They believe, oh, and now I'm the non-you, so all the things I did as a you will stop. There was never a you that did them. But that doesn't apply with people when you don't take responsibility. You talk about that a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is like... This is like mine, you know, having a menage a trois with itself. Yeah? So, you just want to fuck each other, fuck it's yourself over and over again. Man, you know, the proof is in the pudding. If you're traveling light and it seems to be working, go for it. If, it, if you're not, I don't care what highfalutin philosophy you have, it sort of sucks for you. Yeah? Shit. I don't want to have the authority of 800 pages of scriptures to sort of rationalize how why I feel so shitty. I just want... <laughs> I want this to be real good. Let it be real to you. How's it working out? <laughs> you know? If it's like the cat's meow, go for it. If that's what you're interested in, I don't care. There's no right or wrong. It's nothing. All there is is selfing, verbing, verbing, verbing. Everything is moving, moving, moving. How can you say which is a bad or wrong direction? Yeah. Well, you could, in other words, I, I don't remember what the quote is, uh, rearranging the dead chair found the Titanic. I think it was, uh, yes, I thought it was really good. But uh, you could,
Sure, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Can even put on the captain's hat and but drive that, the boat. But that's another whole project. It has nothing to do with really self-realization. That's, that's a big revelation for me. Self-realization? No, I mean, uh, whatever you do, psychotherapy or whatever, self-improvement or yeah. whatever. It's another whole project. Hey, you, this thing has conditionality, and it has movements towards and movements away things. It's really none of my business. Do you know? I like doing a lot of things. I like to surf, and I, I tend to have my agenda, if I can, fitted around there. Does that make me a surfer? No. There's a, there's a liking of surfing, and I don't really try to explore and find a lot of meaning out of it. It works. <laughs> you know, now when I see blue is blue and red is red, I don't have to think much about it. It's just I'm drawn to things or I'm not. Is there any, like, you, you seemed a little, um, uh, lack of a better word, to say sober or sad when someone asked the question, uh, this is totally not the case, but I projected this onto you. You seemed almost a little sad or reflective um, when Mark asked uh, something, you, you said something about you're not having a lot of success with, um, with the recovery community. Something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. And for a minute, you sort of stopped and, and we were just like... This sadness, sure. The apparatus has all the feelings it always had. Well, and this isn't really a comment about that, but it's like, mm -hmm. um, for those of us who do work as therapists or helpers or whatever, there is kind of... Um, and again, because there is some quality of relief that comes from uh, this sense from time to time. And there's, a, there's like, there's some, whatever, movement to share that. Yeah, um, yeah. With folks that are uh, even more enmeshed, you know, with selfing. So, so what about that? The fact that, you know, like how to... How to well, for me, in the conditionality of the action figure, you know, there was a recognition that it was in hell. And that something took it out of hell. Yeah? So the natural, or let's say an immediate response of that, was to tell people that were in hell, like where the bus stops and what time, and they can get on it. <laughs> you know? Yes. And so at one time, you know, I could have been a contender in recovery. You know, I was running a lot of workshops and teaching people the nuts and bolts, and they were getting fruits from their activities, but then something happened, and I just can't go there anymore. Because it's, it does work here. If you do esteemable acts, you'll feel better. Yeah? There's a lot of things here. And that's fine and dandy. I have no problem with that, but that's not where I'm at at the moment. So I just share where I'm at, and it's not a real popular view in a lot of ways, because recovery is a lot to do with doing and having. Because you felt like you did all these terrible things, and you did all that, so now you counteract it by doing good things. Yes? This, the belief of being the doer and the haver is in place. Yeah. Well, there's this, there's this uh, uh, cliche in psychology, and it may or may not be true, I really don't know. It's, uh, you have to have a self, uh, transpersonal psychology. You have to have a strong sense of self before you can uh, lose it. In the good yeah, sense. yeah, I think that's, again, another stab but, at relevance. But, but, it almost, but it almost sounds like there's something like here, like folks, um, uh, folks who, are, who are in hell, like really in hell, instead of just suffering most of the time like me, um, kind of need to feel a little better before they're going to uh, consider getting out of this. I don't know. Yeah, that's all that happens here. And, you know, at one point in this little historical frame, I was involved with that. Now I don't have that in me.
question about process, you know, like, is there a process? All right, no, I'll share with something here. You know, in recovery service is a big main thing. And, like, and they have a triangle for AA, and it says unity, recovery, and service, yes? So serving others who suffer from the same disease. And it's a disease. It's a mental disease. It's not like cancer that's in the blood or in the bone or in the lymph system. It's in the mental process. And so whatever the mental process produces, and one of the things it produces is a sense of self, that sense of self is infected with alcoholism. It's a disease, yes? People who have alcoholism, when they go to meetings and people share their thoughts and feelings and their reactions, someone identifies with them because you're identified with them because they've been taken over by the same thing you've been taken over by. You think just like they do, you feel like they do, and you react to life like they do. It's a simple parasite movement, yeah? And you recognize that, and you're like, whoa. And that's the beginning of getting recovery because you start seeing it as not you. At least it becomes more less and per, less personal because how could because you have a sense of being so terminally unique and no one's thought the way you thought and no one felt the way you felt and how could you ever be understood and no one did the heinous things you did and then you go to a meeting of recovery and people are sharing your thoughts your feelings and your reactions obviously either how did they get my thoughts or they're not mine yes so you see the impersonalness of the disease in the and so we do service, yes? So people do service because they are wrapped up in self. And when they do service, helping someone, they get out of self. So my view of, or they get the experience of being out of self. My view of that is you get, you come out, of, your head comes out of the ass of self, yeah? By doing service, you're now available and you sense the sense of being available. When, you, when you're available, what are you available to? The everywhereness. You sense a presence, yes? What occurs is people immediately go back to, I'm the one who's feeling the presence, and I felt that presence by doing service. So now they keep doing service. What happened with me is, this happened, I recognized I'm the presence, which makes me always available, yes, and of service at all times. So what was something that I had to do and have, and therefore it was always based on if I did it or didn't do it, was taken out of my jurisdiction and was brought to an optionless state. I am the presence, I'm always available, and I'm of service. I don't think about doing service because I'm of service. Because what greater service than someone could perform is to sit in the certainty of their awareness because you're that. That's as simple as that. Everything else to me is degrees and levels based on the conditionality of selfing. There's another quantum leap out of that conditionality where it's a whole other ballgame. The problem will not exist for you. The problem will not exist for you. Now, that's a damn good solution in a place like this. If a solution here can cause that the problem does not exist for you, you're on to something. You will cease fighting anyone or anything. You'll be placed in a position of neutrality with no thought or effort on your part. So it's totally out of the doing and having modality, which is the engine of selfing. The engine of selfing is doing and having to get relevance. That's what it does. So it takes you right out of that thing, and you're placed in a position of control. You did not do anything to get there. You were placed there. Yes, that's a quantum leap of understanding. Does it, does it invalidate the doing and having understanding? No. There's just another option. Yes? If, you're, if you are not there in the level of doing and having, then it's nice to know that there's another option. 
And to me, this is the way I look at my people and my tribe, is you have the right to hear about this message. You may not want it, you may think it's bullshit, but you have the right to hear about it. So I put my, I go out there and I put it out there, and I let them decide what they want. As an option? Yes, but it's not invalidating anything, it's just a quantum leap in a certain way, to me. Yes? But aren't you validating them, or that, by creating it as an option? I'm not validating it. I have to do what I need to do in Rome. Yeah? I can't not say that there is no world, that there aren't a person. It's not going to happen. They have to, you can't, the imaginary leap can't be made. Yes, there obviously is, there's no leap, but it, there seems to be a leap with them. So there's just the presentation. So what I find to do with it in recovery is I try to say, what is it that would really be of help to you? The reason I'm asking this is yeah. because we do that to ourselves, don't we? What? Don't we present uh, to ourselves that there's an option? Oh, constantly, constantly. Yeah, constantly. but there isn't. No, there isn't. But in fact, the way this may be seen is an option. But the message is that it's optionless. If you, if yeah, all you see, can if see is an option, an option yeah. you just—it's just more of the same. Yeah, it can be more of the same, but what's actually in the, in the in the process of seeing it is optionless. Yeah. Yes. It's more. It's maybe only you can you can provide what it would seem to be an option. Yes. That when looked at in a sense, will trigger the seeing, which is the optionless state. It may look like, hey, this is a process someone's offering me, but when it's seen, it will seem to be there was nothing on offer and there's no one to be offered to. Which, was what, which is what's going on. Yes. But, so all this spirituality is just that option that's being presented. The spirituality, you mean, yeah, you mean yeah, like yeah, paths yeah. and stuff? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, definitely. All this. Definitely, because it's spirituality is looked upon as something that's being done, yes? Right. To who? By who? Right. Yes. And so what becomes more relevant, the spirituality or the you that's becoming spiritual? Exactly. That's the dilemma here, as a you. Yeah. The you has to have something to do and have. It can't entertain the fact that it's that, because then it wouldn't be this. But it wants to entertain that, but as a this. Yeah? I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to entertain non-duality as this, as Paul. That I can handle. But the true entertaining of non-duality is the absence of Paul. The absence of Paul. Steve. Yeah. This absence. Yes. That's it. The absence, this presence... This presence is truly absent. This is the absence. Yeah. We're calling it the presence. And so that makes the real presence not the real presence, but the presence seem absent. But this is really the absence. We're totally concerned with nothing that's going on. <laughs> you know, we're entertaining what's not happening, but the biggest what's not happening we're entertaining is you and I as individual entities. But hey, please excuse me if I do have a, I still have the apparatus's desire to be of help to my tribe. 
service is such an important thing in recovery. You don't need to hmm? I know, I'm joking with it. But I have a heart, I have a soft spot in the action figure. Because I, as this action figure, I was in hell. You know? And hell seemed as real as real can be. And then I was relieved from that hell. And if someone like that, who was not a someone, yeah, that, that sense of being a someone could end, that is just a force in me to want to offer it to others that have come from my same tribe. You know? Was that offered to you? Yes, but not, not in the tribe. I have found it. Yes. It seemed like in the story that I had the, the invitation had to come from outside of me. Yes, so some lady shared it with me. My direction changed. Instead of looking out, I looked like in Taoism, they say, let the light, you know, turn the light upon itself. So I turned the light upon itself, and I saw through the self, yeah? And so therefore, it was the seeing that grabbed me, the verb of seeing. Not that I saw anything, yeah? Seeing. What, I, what happens with me is I sense this verbing. There's just a verb going on. The seeing, 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 seeing. And because it's always seeing, it seems still. So it has qualities, different. But there's a sense of seeing constantly. Yeah? And there's no one to see, or there's no one to be seen. There's just seeing. Seeing in all of its forms that appear here. But seeing prior to all the forms that appears here. As, you know, feeling, tasting, touching. Just seeing. Prior to. Prior to it, yes. Prior, no time. No time whatsoever. But then, so let's say if someone's house is on fire, am I going to tell them this? I'm going to tell them where a pail of water is. If they, someone calls me up and they're talking about the house on fire, then they don't need this message. They need a pail of water. And then hopefully when the fire gets put out, we can talk about the fireless state. Yeah? But at that point, I'm not going to talk about the fireless state when they're having the experience like they're burning. I say, hey, I know where there's some pails of water. Let's go. I'll help you with them. <laughs> of course that's not so. But it seems to be so here. Yeah? And, and there's an, another thing which is, uh, you know, uh, I guess Ramana and all of the descendants of have the practice of, you know, reflecting on I am not the body and it's never really grabbed me but uh, and this Agadada said uh, I am all bodies and I thought yeah that's, that feels right yeah, yeah. so if that's the case and there's a, there's a wonderful story that Joseph Campbell talked about it, the situation in Hawaii that a young man tried to commit suicide and two policemen right there uh, jumping off a cliff and the one policeman grabbed him as he was going over and they both would have gone over if the third one hadn't somehow pulled him back. And uh, when the policeman was asked, uh, uh, why did you risk your life? He said, wow, it was just completely natural. That was a metaphysical truth that he understood, that he's all bodies. You see, it's just automatic, really. Not, not so much a crusade to help people. Gee, I should help this guy, he's going to die. But just, that's the natural thing. Then someone is suffering. Oh, man, you know, just... This weird thing is, really, you get a sense of being more of an individual when you're not than you ever did when you were trying to be special. It's a weird thing. Seriously. I mean, it's really strange. Literally. Because you're seeing the uniqueness and the wholeness. Literally. That's all you're seeing. Yeah? You're loving it. There's also a paradox. It's trippy as hell. 
There's also a paradox in recovery where you may have seen it in the movie Pay It Forward, where a young yuppie, yuppie woman is standing on a bridge and she's about to jump. And um, there's a junkie who's uh, given up and he's walking across town uh, to go see his dealer. And he crosses this bridge and this woman is about to jump and he says, Hey, lady, don't do that. Come on down. He says, Don't try to save me. Don't try to save me. He says, No, no, no. You don't get it. Save me. It's um, the idea of keeping what we have by giving it away. Yeah, it's that service. I love AA. I do. I love recovery. It's one of the best movies here. Because it's a perfect dualistic expression. You were a total addict and a loser. Yeah? Or you weren't, obviously. But you know what I mean? And now you're recovered. It's just an, every everything here moves dualistically, you know, in duality. But there's different degrees in time and stuff. So a whole life can be a, just the swinging of pendulums, as an expression. Yeah. And it goes the other, yeah. It's beautiful. It's like sort of seeing the tides of, a, of, the, of the energy going on here. You see the tides. They're defined like low and high. Yeah? If you ever watch the ocean, when there's a low tide, it looks like there's less ocean, but there obviously isn't. And when there's a high tide, it seems like there's more ocean, but it, there obviously isn't. But it's the appearance of the ocean. It can appear to be less and more. And that's what happens here all day. Yeah. I think I'm done. Yeah. I know you're waiting to keep going. I can see this. Finished? Yeah. Hey, thank you very much for the uh, privilege to come over here. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy who made Keens made these, but they they sold it. They sold them to Timberland, and they Timberland discontinued them, so they don't make them anymore. Hey, bro.
was like, I was like walking around. I did this for two hours this morning. I had done that like three times in the last week. It's kind of as well. Because I'm getting a little pitch cold. Yeah, I'm going, maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I don't want to take another risk. But I convinced myself that it's not out of cold. But just from doing the, looking at the numbers and the business and the number of likes that I know.